Star Wars is back. Hello, Chewie, how are you? I didn't really think this through because I can't understand him. Next, Ellen, Woody Harrelson from Solo and Gail King. Ellen, today at 3 on NBC4. Federal workers surfing and sharing porn on the job. The News 4 I-Team broke this story a year ago. Now it's gotten worse. Solicited prostitution while they were at work. Wasting time and your tax dollars. The News 4 I-Team is working for you Wednesday at 11. Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show this evening. This is the Lions Radio Network. I am your host, Donna Lyons, and I'm coming to you live from Washington, D.C., and I'm super excited to have my guests on tonight. Not, not only am I excited because I've always been a fan, but I'm honored because this is a person that's been through hell and back and um, as just thriving and is amazing. And it's the one and only Willie Mays Aikens. Willie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Donna. I really appreciate it. I'm sitting here on more well, and tired and I just got home not too long ago from the ballpark. So I know. I think it's amazing that you're working with the kids. And I know you said, you know, evenings are better for interviews. And I, I finally got to read your book. And that's why I had to have you on because your story is so inspiring, even though I've known it. But to actually read the book and hear specifics of things that have happened to you along the way. Um, and, you know, and you've taken accountability for everything. And now you're around to help and inspire others. Um, you talk about growing up in poverty and getting an education and going on to college and being drafted to the major league baseball with playing with the angels and Kansas city Royals. And there was the incredible world series where you hit the two home runs in a game. Um, you were known as the slugger, the guy who could hit the ball. Tell us about your career. Yeah. I want to start there. Uh, the only thing I could do well as, as a baseball player was hit. And I was saying is if you can hit a, a team, find a, a place for you. I signed in 1975 with the, the California Angels. And, you know, it took me uh, a while to get to the big leagues, uh, two years, two and a half years in the, in the minors, and I always call up to the big leagues. But I didn't get a chance to play, and they sent me back. And another year, I was back in the, the big leagues again. And California Angels had just signed Ron Carew, seven-time American League champ, and a major team I was on the bench. And, Fortunately for me, unfortunately for Ron Carew, he broke his hand. And, you know, I got a chance to play. And I, I somewhat in 1979 established myself as a, as a major league baseball player. And after that, I tried to turn up the Kings of the Royals. And it was an amazing career. until I mean, and then obviously people people that don't know you probably have their head buried in the sand because <laughs> your story was so worldwide. And, you know, you had this amazing career, but it got derailed because of drugs. And obviously you got 20 years in prison and that was because of the mandatory minimums. That's why it was such a lengthy sentence, Um, you know, but you changed during your time and you were released or the, the mandatory minimums changed during your time in prison and you were released earlier. What are your thoughts on the lengths of sentences and those lacks? And the things that prisons lack with rehabilitation for prisoners, what kinds of things did you see and what do you see now? 
Well, first of all, I want to say that the first time I went to prison, I was uh, an active major league baseball player, and I was incarcerated for 81 days. That was uh, while I was a member of the Kansas City Royals. Ten years later, that was 1983. Ten years later, 1993, I caught that public drug case, and I was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Back then, uh, mandatory minimum 10 year. Low end was was ten years. The high end was twelve and a half. The judge he gave me a twelve and a half. I got five years on a, on a gun charge, which was with falsified evidence. Uh, I was found guilty. My trial, which gave me fifteen, and then I got enhanced. So twelve and a half plus five, seventeen. I got enhanced three and a half years, twenty years, and uh, eight months. Um. I, my release date was 2012. I got out of there in 2008. And what happened was that the Citizen Commission recommended that they amend the, the crack cocaine laws, and it became law. And 19,000 people became eligible for a sentence reduction. I was one of those 19,000 that became eligible, and I got four years not out my sentence. Uh, I was over sentence, no doubt about it. You know, we have the, the opioid epidemic going on right now in the United States. And it's pretty sad, but back when I, I caught my case, you know, there was no talk of of, of courts or being lingered on a, a person that they had this crack versus powder cocaine 101 ratio, which was, was totally ridiculous. They had the, the mandatory minimum laws. Uh, right now, with the opioid epidemic, it's, it's made its way all the way to the White House, and, you know, People are talking about a treatment now. Back then, when I caught my case, it wasn't talking about treatment. They was talking about putting us away and throwing the the key away. Also, basically, that's what happened with me. Uh, the correct name for prison is correctional institution. So, you know, if a person accepts responsibility while they're incarcerated, and it took me a while to really accept responsibility for what I had done. And I finally started to rehabilitate myself. You know, most prisons they have rehabilitation programs. I took uh, I took two of them. They took 15 months each time, and I started to get what, what I needed to accept responsibility to stop blaming the undercover officer. And the sad thing about most people that are incarcerated is they blame, they don't accept responsibility. And when they get out, they're thinking that I, I haven't done anything wrong. So basically, they go back to doing the same thing that they were doing before. They end up back in prison or they end up dead. But I really appreciate what is going on right now in the United States with the opium or epidemic because, you know, addiction is, is a disease and a person, they need treatment. They don't need to be thrown in prison. Right. I agree. I agree. I have um, a son who's a heroin addict and living on the streets in California somewhere. I haven't heard from him in the longest time. So as a parent, it's the the worst thing in the world to have to deal with. But I had Daryl Strawberry on recently, and he was talking about the same thing. We were talking about the opiate crisis that's in this country right now and that there is a movement forward. And that, you know, a, a big part of it, though, is to have faith and something larger than yourself. And when you were incarcerated, you found um, your faith as well. Have you have you and Daryl done work together? No, we haven't. And, you know, uh, Daryl, he spoke at a church in Kansas City uh, in February, I think. I went to hear him speak, and I got a chance to talk to him uh, afterwards. But 
that was the first time that I, I had met Daryl ever. And I gave him a card. Uh, I have his information, but uh, we haven't been able to, to hook up or, you know, do any speaking engagements or anything like that. But I really, really enjoyed his testimony. And I think what he's doing is great. You know, he's sharing his testimony. He's trying to help other people. And he, he's praising God. Uh, I also want to say to you, Donna, you know, my heart goes out to you for the problems that is going on within your family. Uh, it's sad, you know, and unfortunately for a lot of people that are addicted to drugs, you know, it takes a tragedy to happen uh-huh. in their lives. Uh, sometimes going to prison saves the person. You know, I look at my situation. Even though I did 14 years in prison, and it didn't take me 14 years to turn my life around, but if I'm not taking out that situation that I was in, I probably, honestly speaking, I probably wouldn't be alive today. So going going to prison for me, it saved my life. Right, right. And I say that too. I say, why can't they just arrest him and keep him there? <laughs> I know it's not funny, but I say, you know, there's if he's not going to stay in a treatment center, which he's been in many, um, and Daryl and I were talking about this. He said, I said, you know, he runs from him. And he goes, Donna, I ran for 14 years. He goes, I was a runner. So he understood what I was talking about. And I said, God, if just lead his way into jail or something and keep him there for three years. But what they do now is they are releasing these kids because they're not felony charges. They get them on um, um, paraphernalia charges and they'll bring them in there for like three, you know, two, three months. And then they let them back out again and just throw them back out on the streets. So the rehabilitation for um, someone like that, it's just sad because they just go right back out and do what they were doing. But thank you for saying that. I appreciate that you care and, um, and you understand where, as a parent, what I'm going through. But I also wanted to talk about um, um, your book. You know, when you were incarcerated, you decided you were going to write this book, Safe at Home. And can you just tell the listeners about the book? Well, um, I didn't decide all of a sudden to write the book when I was incarcerated, but I took notes. And a lot of people in prison said, you know, I had a very interesting story. And I met the, my, my co-writer, Gregory Jordan, while I was incarcerated. I met him through my former baseball agent, Ron Shapiro. And, you know, it was a, a spiritual thing, I believe, because Ron and Greg had done a book before. And they were was having lunch, and Ron asked Greg, you know, what what do you what do you want your next uh, topic to be? And and Greg just came out and said, uh, I heard about Willie Akins going to prison, and Willie Akins was my childhood hero growing up in in Baltimore, Maryland. And Ron said, Well, Greg, you don't know this, but I used to be Willie baseball agent. And he said, uh, If you want really contact information while he's incarcerated, I can give it to him. So that's how I met my co-writer, Rick Jordan, to my uh, former baseball uh, agent, Ron Shapiro. But I took a whole lot of notes while I was incarcerated. I got in, in contact with Greg, and after I got out, you know, we got together, and he did most of the, uh, of the writing. I gave him the information, but Greg is the one that, that put it together. And you know, it's still going on. We're right now we're in, in the process of trying to get the book into a a movie. So it it hasn't happened yet, but 
what a tremendous blessing that would be if we can get it on the big screen and people could get a chance to see, you know, what I, I went through and how I came out of it. And it could be a, a blessing. The movie, a whole lot of people, I, my book is, is already blessing people. You know, I get a chance to get up and share my testimony, speak in engagement, churches or schools, or just all over the place. So uh, I'm thrilled to death that I'm finally able to, you know, don't be uh, selfish and be selfless now and become humble, uh, share my testimony. Uh, I think now the most important thing for me is to be a servant, just to try to help uh, other people because we have, have problems going on in this, in this world and people, they, they need a spiritual life. And, you know, I've dedicated my life and I was incarcerated. And I truly believe that finding uh, God or uh, my higher power has helped me become a, a new Christian so far. Right. Oh, yeah. And your book is very empowering and it really has people see a whole different perspective of what you went through. And instead of just pointing a finger and judging, you know, you really need to see. And um, there, you have a super fan and he found out you were coming on my show and he said, make sure I get to, you send me the link after you do the show because I want to listen to it. And his name is Randy Murray and he's, he's a Kansas boy. And he said he remembers when you hit the home runs. It was a big deal for all the fans. And he said there's a saying that he used throughout his life, what happens to you is not nearly as important as what happens in you. And then he wrote, the beauty of Willie's story is that he found the seed of an equivalent benefit, and it probably saved his life and now is saving others. He claimed a new definite purpose backed by faith and is a shining light of healing energy that proves our past does not have to be our future. But I wanted to share that with you because I thought that was so profound. And his name is Randy Murray, and he's just a huge fan of yours. And um, he wrote that on a message to me on Facebook because he wanted to make sure that you heard it. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. But, I really appreciate it, brother. Hey, that was outstanding. You know, uh, I really appreciate, you know, when somebody takes the time out and come back and, and say stuff like that, you know, it gives me confidence on that it makes it all worthwhile that the path I've right. taken so far, you know, is, is helping other people. Uh, in a position as a coach for the chemistry world after spending 14 years in prison, get a chance to get these guys right out of high school and come sharing my testimony and definitely become better baseball players. And, you know, one thing the chemistry world is preaching away it's character because most of these guys are not going to make it to the big league. So after they're out of baseball, they can become better sons, fathers, dads, or whatever. So we teach character to these young kids also, hoping that one day they are going to help change some lives in this world too. Right, right. And I want people to know that you're back with the Kansas City Royals. You're a coach with them, and um, you're helping our – the young guys out there, and what kind of advice do you give them? Well, um, basically, I just get a chance to, to share my testimony and actually speak louder than words. So I sort of asking for these kids while I'm here and at the baseball ball or uh, the ballpark, and most of them they really can't believe my story. And it's unbelievable to these young kids that I spent 
14 years of my life in prison. And it's also yeah. unbelievable that I have a job with the Kansas City Rawls, and this is my eighth, eighth year. So basically I try to help these kids make, make good choices off the baseball field. You know, you're not going to help everybody, and most of these kids, they're going to hear it through one ear, and it's going to go out the other ear. But I have had kids that have gotten released from the Kansas City Rawls that have texted me back, that have uh, communicated with me on Facebook and Twitter, you know, thanking me for the courage, the enjoyment that they had as a, a baseball player. But I played in the major leagues for almost seven years, and the main purpose of a coach for the Kansas City Royals is to help these kids get to the, the major leagues. And, you know, for most of these kids coming out of high school and college, they have never failed before. But once they get right. to the professional level, they have to deal with failure. You know, they hit 400 in high school, and all of a sudden you get to Arizona and you're hitting 200 or 250, and most of them, they don't know how to handle that. But myself and uh, the other coaches, you know, we try to encourage them that as a hitter, baseball is a failure for them. And at times it's not easy because a lot of people think they know everything until they fail, and a lot of people won't take advice until they fail. My situation was like that. I thought I knew right. everything. And it took a 20-year service to wake me up, too. Well, you're doing amazing right now, and I think the fact that you've, you know, turned your life around and, you know, it's it's not about what you did in the past, it's what you're doing now, I think really shows your true character. And I want to thank you so much. I know you're exhausted, so I appreciate you coming on tonight. I know you have so many fans out there that were are they're very excited for this to air tomorrow and can't wait to listen and be inspired by your story. And you just keep doing what you're doing. And I hope if I get to Arizona, I get to meet you one of these days. I, I do go there every once in a while. So maybe I'll run into you. Well, I'm out here doing the, the summer months from March to uh, September 1st, Donna. So if you're out in Arizona, you got my, my telephone number, my contact information. You're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Chad, uh, I really appreciate you having me on, on, on the show. Uh, if anybody wants to get an autographed copy of my book, uh, I have a, a website, williamkin24.com. Uh, my email is akinwilliam24.com. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. So if anybody will want an autographed copy, that is the way of getting it. Thanks for having me, Donna. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Willie. You have a great evening. We'll talk soon. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Everyone, that was the incredible Willie Akins. What a what a great guy, and I really hope you guys can pick up his book, Willie Akins 24, um, I believe, .com. But I will verify that, and I will make sure that um, um, I get that information out to you guys. Have a great evening, everyone. Star Wars is back. Hello, Chewie. How are you? I didn't really think this through because I can't understand him. Next, Ellen, Woody Harrelson from Solo, and Gail King. Ellen, today at 3 on NBC4. 
federal workers surfing and sharing porn on the job. The News 4 I-Team broke this story a year ago. Now it's gotten worse. Solicited prostitution while they were at work. Wasting time and your tax dollars. The News 4 I-Team is working for you Wednesday at 11. Star Wars is back. Hello, Chewie. How are you? I didn't really think this through because I can't understand him. Next, Ellen, Woody Harrelson from Solo and Gail King. Ellen, today at 3 on NBC4. Federal workers surfing and sharing porn on the job. The News 4 I-Team broke this story a year ago. Now it's gotten worse. Solicited prostitution while they were at work. Wasting time and your tax dollars. The News 4 I-Team is working for you Wednesday at 11.